This is a Stand Up Labs production, powered by digital media. From Race Wars Podcast, this is Unhirable with White Karen and Go To Gay Tommy. Okay, so our guest today is Jean Lebeck, uh, a good friend of mine, a storyteller in New York City, a former principal, a former dancer with Martha Graham, who nobody on this podcast knows, but will by the end of this episode. Uh, what else have you done? You you knew the only people ever convicted of treason in the 20th Jules century. And yes, you called them auntie and uncle. Are yeah. you a Jew? Yes, I am. Okay, just confirming. For the a girls. Lower East Side New York Jew, right? <laughs> a Lower, well, Brooklyn, a Brooklyn Jew. A, a Brooklyn, Brooklyn Jew. Jew. Same. Is there a difference? Y- yeah, actually, there is. No, no, there isn't. <laughs> no. Maybe there is. <laughs> Everyone hates you the same, <laughs> no matter where. Okay, so so we're gonna kick off. This is the beginning of Women's History Month, so we're gonna have a conversation about this woman's history. Mm-hmm. But before we get into that, I have been talking about how we're gonna do a book club. On the show for Women's History Month, make sure year. that like the whole beginning of this episode is hosted by a man. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Well, would, do you have something you want to <laughs> no, say? No, I don't. Okay, good because <laughs> I would like to continue. We, we're we're starting a book club, and we told you that we're going to do our People's History of the United States episode, first hundred pages this week, and that is true. However, this is not that episode because we are launching a Patreon, mm. and you get to pay for that episode, but it's really cheap because we're really cheap. But here's a preview. And so what I'm going to do, because Karen really loves the idea of doing a book club because she really likes homework <laughs> and history and learning. I no, like you history, do like history. I like learning. No, you do. You like history, depending Home- on who's one telling it. One out of three, it. you're one for three. What? Uh, come on. You All right. failed it. All right, so I'm going to, in 100 seconds. Wait, I got to time you. Well, Shelby, for once in his life, put the timer <laughs> up at the appropriate time so I actually know where I am. All right, do you? Honestly, I'm still timing this so that I can participate. I'm still so exhausted because Shelby, our producer, made me close a door at the beginning of this episode. I saw that. I was. Really I'm, I'm out of breath. I don't know how I'm going to do this. He All made right. you do his own Shelby work. Honestly, it was unacceptable. He was too ready? busy putting some lip chap on those big lips. That honestly, I would have been excusable. I know. Are but you he ready? Wasn't. So yes, I'm ready. All right. So 100 homework. pages. No, did, Karen. Do you because think anyone expected you to read this? You. Yeah, I did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll get to it. I mean, I'm just like a busy person with a busy life. Okay. You can like literally listen to it for free though. Like the entire thing is on YouTube. I don't so, like listening to books. It's like an hour a chapter. Name. It's like an hour a chapter. I looked it up. Okay. So in a hundred seconds. A ready? Okay. Wait, wait. Ready? Okay. And go. Okay. So chapter one, Columbus and the Indians and human progress. This is where we learned that everybody was raped, murdered, and cannibalized in the early days of the... Uh, United States. So when Columbus came here, he raped everybody. He took them onto his ship so that he could steal their gold from them and then like led these expeditions so that they could show him where the gold was. And then when they couldn't find the gold, he just started enslaving people like crazy. Oh my God, I just came. (laughs) And then uh, chapter two, this is where we get into the color line, which is a nod to W.E.B. Du Bois. And this is where we start to see the black and white separation because there were white indentured servants who lived among black slaves and they did not see color lines. So then the masters saw this and they got nervous that they were going to unite. So they started implementing these laws that favored the white servants. Um, Again, there was a lot of cannibalism happening as people were coming over in the slave trade. Uh, This is also, interestingly, the first slave ship was in Massachusetts, my home state. And uh, it was called The Destiny, I think. I can't find that note. All right. Chapter three, persons of mean and vile condition. It's all about you and me, Karen. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So this is all about like Nathaniel Bacon's... uh, revolt oh my god so many seconds uh, i know so his bacon's rebellion was like poor white people rebelling against rich white people which sounds very familiar okay chapter four is tyranny is tyranny it's all about some act about stamps some stamp act sounds they talk like about the stamp Shulman act book. repeatedly <laughs> people really did not like stamps in the colonies and then chapter five is about a kind of revolution and it basically says that the founding fathers of this country who were rich white men weren't actually talking about everybody that lived in the united states when they wrote the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. Done. That's it. Okay, How that many was seconds? a minute forty-eight. That's like ninety seconds. All right, so that's good. It's a hundred. We'll get seconds. into it. All right. Oh, it's hundred and eight. Fuck. It's okay. Right, I honestly thought you were gonna way fuck this up. So. I know. All right. <laughs> well, I got nervous, and I am sure I said things that aren't true. But listen to the bonus episode because we have somebody who went to Harvard who might jump on the mic during Does that. It, what was the chapter? That can fact check me. Tyranny is tyranny. 
Tyranny is tyranny. Does that sound Lazy like something Sarah Shulman would write? Oh, don't worry. I tyranny have, is not abuse. I have notes throughout where I was reading where conflict is not abuse. <laughs> don't worry. We'll talk about it in the uh, bonus episode. Can I ask you something real quick? Yeah. Is conflict the same as abuse or I, is it different? Ask the indigenous people who Howard Zinn calls Indians repeatedly. I think we can call them Indians. I don't know. He calls them Indians. But you so. know legally you can call them Indians. I mean, legally, can't you say anything? Yeah, but I just mean like the legal, like the legal... Uh, whatever, the label you slap on a person. Okay, speaking of legality and labels we slap on people, let's jump into our first segment, feedback. Okay. Okay. Okay, so there was a rape. Was there a rape? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> this is Women's History Month. Let's like not be so glib about rape. Okay, front. I'm saying... Let's wait till the end to be glib. Oh, but this is our show. All right, fine, why can't be I be? Why can't All right, I so rape who was raped? Okay, it turns out no one, but... um. Actually, we don't know. So maybe there was a rape, but mostly there was like fucking of interns. Okay. What are you talking about? I'm talking about Jamie Kilsey. Headline, headline, headline. So if you guys remember last week, didn't we talk about this last week? Was it here or was it on Race Wars? So Jamie Kilstein's a comic who came up with your boyfriend, Kurt Metzger. So he's a comic. So it was on Race Wars that we talked about it. Okay. So he's on, he's a comic. He came, right. He came up with like. He's a meminist. A male feminist. Oh, don't. I'm itching. I have hives from hearing it. Um, so, yeah, he came up with, like, Kurt, Big J, like, what, all those people, whatever. Um, and he used to be just, like, a regular comic. And then he turned into a uh, social justice warrior Which comic. is not a bad thing. I hate it that is, word. Honestly, not only is it a bad thing, it's probably the worst thing you could possibly be. Why to be a warrior for social justice is that he was a fraud. Warrior is so misleading. Who's a, I want, show me a warrior, show me an SJW and I'll show you a not a warrior. Where's uh, the warriors? Uh, I, I, I don't know. All right, so keep going. So okay, Jamie so Kilstein's not thing, a warrior. But he went like really hard on it, right? So his like, his contribution to society, which like, thank you so much, was like, if you look at someone sideways and they didn't like it, it's a kind of assault, right? And, like, there was a lot of, like, believe women. And this is a direct quote, a direct quote from Jamie, which is, don't be a dick to women, which is, like, honestly, probably the most helpful thing I've ever heard anybody say to be, like, cool about women. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you agree with that? Be I think we can all women. agree with that. Don't be, a, don't be a dick to women unless, Don't be know, a dick to anybody, Unless they're though. dicks. But, like, but to anybody, no? But, yeah. But, but I get what he's saying. Prop- Do you, though? No, I don't. Okay. Because, obviously, this guy was a dick to women. So the story, so how the story, okay, so there's a Jezebel article from yesterday, um, filed to male feminists, okay, which so like wait, kill me I, already. Can I just jump back a second? Cause people that are listening aren't going to know what this You need my permission? You're is. just going to jump back. I yeah, know I am, cause I'm the man, so I have to <laughs> overspeak. But just to give a little bit of context, what happened is, is this guy hosted a podcast called Citizen Radio that had big people on it. Like Ralph Nader was a guest. Lots of people like that. Like Rachel Maddow. Rachel Maddow was a guest. So he and his now ex-wife, partner, I think they're straight people who say partner. Are you a straight person who says partner? No. They are straight people who say partner. So I think he was a straight person who called his wife his partner. Because he was a a meminist. I mean, I'm a male feminist too, but like I don't go bragging about it. Although I do. Why do we need it? But that's like saying female comic. Why do we need to say that? If you're a comic, you're a comic. If you're a feminist, you're a feminist. He has this show called Citizen Radio. He broke up with his wife. She divorced him like last week, wrote a Facebook post about it. And then people who... They've been estranged for a year. This isn't... That's, that's not true. recent. But the post is recent. Right. So then she posted on Facebook this whole thing about how he had like sexual misconduct and... Predatory behavior. Predatory behavior. And that she had... And that she's not going to out people because, you know, it's against her principles, whatever. But then other but, people started jumping in and quoting her post and in their own saying, post. She said... Like she our friend had, of the show, Catherine Heller. She had asked you know him to, yeah. to post about it publicly himself, right? Because like in keeping with his like... Uh, Accountability. Ultra, ultra progressive ideals. And he had declined. Uh, for obvious reasons, right. right? Of being a person under fire. Um, not that I'm like, whatever, I get that part. So anyway, so people didn't really know the specifics of what happened. My guess, like my money was on um, he fucked somebody. Um, I don't think it was a coercive rape. That was my prediction, right? My money was on like fucked an intern. Mm-hmm. That was my best bet, right? They've got like, it's a podcast, a successful podcast, but like they probably have people around who are like younger, hangers right. on, he's like famous, whatever. That just seems like the thing. So anyway, lo and behold. Okay, but a multiple woman, the important thing to know is that multiple women came forward and said that he had manipulated them, had asked them not to, one woman said, he asked me not to tell something to my boyfriend and that that was a violation of my boundaries. So all these things were adding up and I just asked very bluntly on facebook like did he rape somebody because right. all of these collectively right. these innuendos 
add up to this guy raped somebody. And in fact, when we were recording Race Wars last week, Kurt and I were outside smoking a joint on the break. And this other comic came up to him and was like, did you hear Kilstein sexually assaulted someone? He had read exactly what we had all read up at, up until that point. And that post that his ex-wife had put on Facebook was obviously, obviously, purposely written in order to make people think that words like victim and like. I have another thinking. There's about, only a victim if something bad <laughs> happened, right? There's only a victim if there's a crime. Right. So she wanted to insinuate that there had been some kind of like terrible sexual assault. Now, again, I don't know. I don't fucking know. But anyway, here's the. Wait, are you done? Did you yeah, have nothing to say? Okay. So the Jezebel article came out yesterday. It's long as hell. Um, listen to women. Don't be dick to women. Okay, so it turns out, so they talked to like a couple women who had actually had these interactions with him. There were like, there was like an intern. There's another intern-like person. A person that was paid on staff by the thing, by the podcast. She worked for the podcast. She said that she was fucking him because she felt like she had to because he was her boss. No, no, she- no. She started fucking him. Yes. Cons- this was consensual they were like on the road it was consensual constantly (laughs) hung out in his hotel room and then fucked that night right and then continued to hook up she tried to extricate herself from the situation and he wouldn't let her i'm a little bit confused by what that means like it's not that i'm not empathetic to that but i'm just a little bit confused about why you can't well here's the question i have she said she couldn't get out of it because he was her boss but they she ended her working relationship in september of 2014 with the show continued fucking him by her own admission in this episode until may 2000 2015 right that's a pregnancy (laughs) like that's a baby like i mean that's not like a couple weeks i don't know right continue okay so but there's another one not paid this was just an intern right i don't know there was the woman who like he like sweet talked her and said it's okay i know you were raped like i want you to feel safe you you're in control and so they had this amazing sex and then she heard him say on a podcast months later about like road kills or something. Road which, fucks. Road fucks. The women that he fucked on the road. And so she retrospectively, retroactively was traumatized by that experience because she realized it wasn't as special as she thought it was. Right. She knew it was referring to her. She says. Well, and however many other women. If that were me, I mean, honestly, can <laughs> right. you imagine? So now, Catherine Heller's named by name yeah, in she, this article. She, yeah, she's, yeah. Okay, now. All over it. Okay, I don't want to get this wrong. Was she, okay, she actually posted her own thing. Yes, she um, said that she experienced predatory behavior from him. I don't understand what that means. Well, every, I now believe it's every that. Per, no, no, I, it's, I'm not saying that. I, if I believe her, I believe her. I'm just saying I don't understand what predatory behavior means. I don't even think that they need to define that, like the specific. I'm not acts, saying that they do need to. I'm but what needs I don't to happen is if somebody knows. This is my thinking, and then I'd actually really like to hear Jean. You've lived through the whole women's movement. This is like a new conversation among my feminist friends that's happening Mm -hmm. around this idea of believing women, Um, especially in the comedy world. And maybe it's because I know more comics than I used to that I see it more. Um, But I think you're pretty involved in this world, too, sort of in the storytelling side Mm -hmm. of things. But there's a lot of crossover there. Yeah. And you hear the same stories. So for me, I don't think believe her as an absolute is actually productive toward a goal of ending sexual violence. Because what happens in a situation like this is that we see all these vaguely worded posts that add up to some potential accusation that the readers are all going to draw on their, they're going to, we're all going to draw our own conclusions from. And everyone seems to be going to sexual assault with this guy. But actually, I think that they perhaps, and I'm not saying Catherine, but There's maybe a desire on the part of some of these people crafting these posts to be vague because if you just say I was emotionally abused by this guy. It's easy to dismiss out of hand. Yes. So you want people to care about it. So Mm -hmm. I get why people are being vague. I think it's also embarrassing. If you were emotionally manipulated by someone, that's embarrassing, especially if you're an adult. Even if you're a young adult, you feel stupid. Like everyone has been through something like that. Everybody's been manipulated when they were young. Some people had it worse. Some people had, you know what I mean? Like depends how it panned out for you. Some people like emerged unscathed and some did not, but it's humiliating. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Jean? About which part of it? Well, what do you think about... Where, no, I mean, like, having been through the women's movement. Well, I think that... Okay, so the women's movement, or the women I meet now, yeah, uh, are very, very, very different from who I was. Can we ask uh, how old you are? Just Yes, absolutely. 69. 69. So, so did things always suck, or is this, like, a new level of everything being a horseshit? Things always suck. I, I believe, yeah. Always. Yeah. And, you, you know, what I say to my kids as they were growing up is... Life sucks. And if you have that moment, <laughs> that's really wonderful. 
whatever that little moment is, whether it's eating ice cream or whatever it is, know it. And mm-hmm. if you know the moments, you'll have a very happy life. Mm-hmm. It's when you don't know the moments that you don't. Yeah, it's like people yeah. who like had an orgasm and didn't know what it was. Exactly. What a misery for you. Yeah, it was. Well, um, no, I knew what it was. I just didn't have one for a very long time. First orgasm? What um, age? Um, my first orgasm happened, and I had, and understand I was already married and had a little girl. <gasps> what? Yes. <gasps> so, okay, so just to tell you a little bit where I'm at. I have trouble uh, understanding the whole, like, like okay, so I'm straight and they call me cis. Like, now that's a new term. Right. Yeah. I don't understand it. I don't know why it needs to be there, but I don't <laughs> give a shit. It's okay. Yeah. So, you know, the, someone says, are you cis? It took me so long to understand what the hell that meant, you know. I, I'm People ask you. So, yeah. Well, you know, like, you're in there. Oh, I'm there. I'm there. Right. You, are you, so, you know, like, whatever. Right. Obviously you are. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, um, Anyway, so when I was, I, I was 25. Okay. Uh, it was the height of the women's movement. I was a single mom. I had this wonderful little girl. She was three. And I fell in love with a woman. Now, in those days, if you were bisexual, you were, you were hated. You were not accepted at all. And they actually, there was a belief there was no such thing as bisexuality. My sister, who was gay, really rejected me as a bisexual. Really? And, oh, absolutely. How because, ironic. Because she saw it as uh, kind of a flirtatious with the, you know, with another kind of sexuality. Oh, like you're playing as, with that you're not committed. Like exactly. you're not going to take the shit the gays got. Exactly. And, you know, because Mona and I really never defined ourselves as anything other than we were lovers for five years and raised our kids together and all of that. What? Um, uh, it, it lasted five years? Yeah. You had two girls, right? I, I had, know a little well, bit I of this story. I had Amy. She had Ingrid. And Are they were you still how old? They, so they were exactly the same age. And we just be, it started as a friendship. And one night we went to the movies and she said, I really feel like kissing you. And I said, kiss me. And she kissed me. Oh, and it was through Mona I had my first orgasm. No. Yes. Oh, my God. Because you have to understand it was a different time. We didn't know our bodies. Listen, I'm going through the exact same thing. Not the orgasm part, but like the exact same story right now. Not the kid part. But the exact <laughs> same. Not the gay sister part. Exactly the same as what you went through. Otherwise, it was exactly. <laughs> Same. It's crazy. So I, I'm gay for one person. Yeah, that's it. I mean, we fell in love, and it was like I'm blue. And and we, what happened? What broke us up was okay. So there was another movement going on at that time called going back to the land and going back to the land, living off the land, clean your body of everything, oh drugs, like grow vegetables, poop in outhouses, build your own cabins. According yeah. to people's history, living off the land was not as glamorous as horrible. you're describing. No, it, it was horrible. It, sounds, it doesn't horrible. sound glamorous it now. Work. Yeah, it didn't work. But I. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't go. I couldn't go with her. But something she really wanted. To yeah, do. it was and the so, fucking a woman of lifestyle of yeah, uh, living you know, so <laughs> housing situations. You know. My favorite story about you and Mona though is about talking to your daughters about their genitals <laughs> and what to call them. Tell that story. So. <clears throat> <laughs> so here we are, you know, we're active feminists, we're going out on the limb, we're doing, I mean, Amy knew Power to the People before she knew Hello, you know, I mean, <laughs> so I'm, we're dragging these kids around on all these protest marches, we're sitting in, we're doing good stuff though, we're organizing daycare centers, but we had this huge disagreement, and now, Mona was was definitely a feminist, but she was also like, you know, I'm, I'm going to wear makeup if I want to wear makeup, because in those days... That's feminist, too. Why yeah, not? not in those days. Really? Yeah. In those days, it was overalls, white t-shirts, beige work boots, no makeup, get rid of that black sexy dress. What? Absolutely. Yeah. Had, have you ever heard any... When has m- feminism been actual feminism? I'd like to it know. It is actual feminism. But when it just takes it- different forms. But, fe- but, but that doesn't seem like feminism to me. Like, feminism to me is not... Is it not- was defining ourselves. In other words, we wanted to find But defining own- by, 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 by our exclusion. Own- no, yeah, but that's okay. Sometimes you do that until you find where you are. In other words... We used to wear goddamn nylons that snap, like, you know, like, I'm not doing this right, but, you know, had that, like, that snap... We were trapped in, yeah. in, in a certain female thing. So by getting rid of it, it was a beginning of, of finding out who we were. You had to make a clean break before yeah. you could come back exactly. to rediscover. And defi- but Mona never made that break. If Mona was going to wear overalls, they were embroidered. If Mona was going to wear, you know, and she wear lots of makeup. So she called her pussy, I mean, she called her vagina a snatch. Which okay. drove me crazy. You like, don't like it? Disgu- I hated that word. <laughs> and we had these huge fights about it. Huge. I called my 
vagina a vagina and amy called her vagina a vagina but you guys are so vagina monologues we <laughs> we decided though because we were uh, we're fighting all the time about it you know that we had to change the names of the vaginas so we sat down with the little girls and we said from now on we're all calling our vaginas pussies okay so you are a feminist so <laughs> okay we thought that was the end of it except what happened was <coughs> They're like three years old. Right. They couldn't make this transition. So now Ingrid's walking around. Her vagina has two names now. Her vagina is Snatch Pussy. And it's <laughs> <laughs> Pussy Vagina. You know, so like they couldn't get through that transition. They just could not make it, you know. When did Pussy become, because I'm trying to imagine my three-year-old niece saying Pussy and everyone around not freaking out about it. Like, isn't Pussy a bad word? Aren't you not supposed to say pussy? You're not. You're not supposed to say that either. Were you just, then? What? Or were no, you guys just not, like so you was, yeah, counterculture you were, like, we fuck it. We didn't know what to do. My like, three-year-old <laughs> talks about her pussy. We're doing our own thing right now. You know, okay. we're, we're doing Can I ask you something? You can ask me anything. If, um, okay, let's say that you and your friend are gay for each other, just each other. It's like a one-off fluke thing and it's crazy and it's fun and whatever. But like both of you for the rest of the time are just like fully straight. But it's just like this weird chemistry you have with each other. Okay. That sounds and, like compartmentalization. Um, maybe or maybe you could just like have chemistry with this one individual. <laughs> yeah, it's like no, really I'm hot just, and like just turns saying. into like a really fun kind of lasting situation. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but what if someone's like hung up on like what to call it? Like I know you said you guys didn't label yourselves, right? We didn't label ourselves at all. How did you feel? Like did you feel gay? Because like I don't. Feel I think gay we at had all. we had. I I, I think. Here's what I want to say about being gay and, 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 and being straight. And I'm really probably talking about a certain time. Mm. Being straight allowed you certain entrees into the world that being gay did not. So when you identified as being gay then, you were really giving up your whole white, if we want to see it that way, you're giving up, I'm trying to, I can't find the words for it, like a status. You're giving, you're going to be looked at differently. You're not going to be able to hold hands, walk. It is so different than now. You're privileged. You're like. privileged. So to identify as being gay meant that you, it was, as my sister used to say to me, it's more than in bed. It's your uh, adjusting to the culture, to the the, the aura, the uns, the, uh, uh, you know, of, yeah. of what it meant to be gay. I mean, so it was like the lifestyle, even if you didn't like feel like a gay person living a gay lifestyle, would be imposed on you by yeah. other people. Well, you know, I'm okay. So there were dances at the firehouse, um, right on the Lower East Side. Right down, I guess I am a Lower East Side person, but anyway, that was, you know, wasn't the big fancy neighborhood it is now. But there were all these gay dances, so we would moan and I would get all dressed up, which was you know, you know, but we did right, and we would go to these dances, and the gay women were shunned us. They shunned us wow. we had fun because we could dance with each other and be in a place where we could dance with each other but we were shunned by them um so there was a lot of you know i mean it's so complicated um you know so you were with mona did you leave your husband no i was divorced at that time oh so you were divorced by the time you guys started so how did mona help you find your orgasm if be you don't mind my asking no because okay so we really didn't know what to do with each other really <laughs> i mean it was really like that now in those days there were sex workshops by this woman um and she's still oh god eve's garden Eve's Garden. Have you heard of Eve's Garden? Never. Oh, my God. Okay, so Eve's Garden was on the Upper East Side, and she would give sex workshops. You would literally go there, and the lights would go down, and she would take, give you these little mirrors, and you could look at your labia, your clitoris. You could look inside your vagina, and we never looked inside our vagina. You know, who, you know. So who has the time? Have you never done it? <laughs> I, oh, when I did when I was in high school because I read a book that was oh, like, look at it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> what's, what's happening to me? <laughs> right. So Mona went to one of these workshops. We decided one of us had to go and I knew it couldn't be me. It couldn't be me. I was just, it would just, but she was pretty. And when she came back from the workshop, she lit candles. She was like, girl, let me get you. Let me get you. She put on Carol King. <laughs> Not a lesbian. <laughs> Surprising to everyone. And, uh, and, uh, and that was my entree into having an orgasm. Well, well, well. I was like, where have I been? You know, it was like the most magical, amazing 
powerful. Did you call your ex-husband and be like, why did you do this to me? (laughs) No, but uh, I never looked at him the same. (laughs) (laughs) Were you, were you guys, you and your ex-husband, each other's first sexual partners? Yeah, I was. I was definitely his. I have. You I'm, were I'm, his. No, 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 no. He was definitely mine. Right. I, have no, I knew nothing about sex. I knew nothing about my vagina. I knew nothing. Was this not a thing being raised by? Because it sounds like your parents were pretty lefty, pretty they liberal were, people. They were, but they right? had other issues going on. I mean, I was thinking about that the other day. That my mother never let me see her naked. Never. She would never. Ever? Not. I mean, I would. You know, but it wouldn't be like. If she were, like, she would take a shower and go to her bedroom, like, literally running with a towel. You know, it wasn't like uh, if I walked in on her, I just wouldn't. You know, it just, it wasn't. So they had that going on, but they had other weird shit. You know, it it was. What were your parents like? Were they immigrants? Uh, No. They were born in Brooklyn, born in New York? They were born, well, my mother was born, my mother was born in Queens. My father was born in Brooklyn. But their parents were immigrants. Eastern European Jews? Yeah, yeah. So how religious was your upbringing? None. They, my father, hated religion. He saw, uh, he felt, I okay, intellectually we were Jewish. Mm-hmm. I knew that. I knew better on the holidays. I knew, you know, they would, but emotionally, I'm not, and emotionally we were Jewish because we had aunts and uncles and all of that. But we never went to temple or synagogue or Hebrew school. Never or, observed? They didn't Did believe like in organized religion. No. He was an atheist. So he had, you know. So what repressed them? Where was the repression coming from? I, th- I think there was a lot of sexual oppression. I mean, you know, if you think, I mean, they had friends that were gay and all of that, but, you know. In the, in the like, 50s and 60s they oh, did? Yeah. Did you have gay people around when you were growing up? Absolutely. And did you know that they were gay? Yes. What were they doing? Like, what were they What were they in the world? Yeah. Oh, my God. They were designers, architects, a lot of theater people. So um, not stereotypes. Has gay no. always be, been a thing? Like, I don't mean, like, have people always been gay? Like, obviously people have always been gay. But, like, when was it okay to be, like, did people... It came very slowly. Germany. Do people like acknowledge you, that people were gay? Like, what you happened you to people? It, you kept it a secret. Because now and it's like sister, the coolest. Like, I feel so, so cool having turned the slightest no five degrees of gay. Do you know where it was okay to be gay, actually? It was in indigenous yes. populations in the United States, according right. to people's history of the in United some. States. In, yeah. in some. In some. But yeah, but the ones that he talks about. I mean, okay, so you know how my sister That's came true. out? You know how my sister came out? How? So my sister is two years older, so she's like 71. And, and I have to say, when I tell you these ages, it is shocking to me because I'm still seven years old. Mm. I have never, you know, when you age, that's I could talk about aging boy, your body changes and, and you have to be so brave because mm. inside you're not changing. I'm scared. You're the same person. You've got to be very brave. Yeah, I'm terrified. Yeah, I'm, ter- I'm still terrified. Marcel and I can't go, go, don't talk to us. Marcel's your husband. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. he's like, he's, he's turning. Oh, no, I can't do it on <laughs> No, no, he would have a prayer. <laughs> hard set, but... Marcel's such been, a cool guy. He is so cool. We've been together for 39 years. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah, so you were really a lesbian before it was okay. So... I, well, I was bi before it was okay. Oh, sorry. I don't are want you, to... World. Are you still bi? I identify as bi. So do you have other attractions to women? Sure. Okay, interesting. I just choose not to, you know, I have vows and, you know. As a matter of fact, Mona and I are still connected to each other because... Really? Yeah, I found her. Kid? When I oh. wanted to tell the story of Mona, I felt I needed her permission. Mm-hmm. We hadn't spoken to each other in 40 years. What? Not because we didn't want to. We would find each other, lose each other. Life has a way of doing that in, you know... And finally, I found her on Facebook. We had this conversation, and um, I went up to Maine to be with her, to see her. And um, You guys hook up? We didn't hook up sexually, but okay. we have definitely hooked up emotionally. She's my emotional... Am I wearing her earrings? No, not today. She's my, my lady, you know. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So your parents, you were raised in this... Was I was raised socialist? in a. Uh, was a communist? communist? How did they identify? They were commies. They were commies. Totally red. They were totally communists. Okay. What does that even I'm mean? I'm a red diaper baby. <laughs> so this is like McCarthy. Speaking oh, of Trump, this is, this is this actual is, McCarthy. This is completely freaking me out. It's bringing us back. Like, yeah, where are you right now? Because ooh, actually, ooh. Well, can you just give like a little, hi- <laughs> a brief history of your people's history of, uh, in Brooklyn of like the okay. communism and the so red I, shit? So I was, I think I became aware that things were so okay. So I grew up in the fifties. 
uh, and uh, I had a home where there were people over all the time. Uh, there was my uncle Irving, who was black. Now, he wasn't my uncle Irving, but he was such a close family friend. There was Uncle Irving. So there were all these uncles and aunts that it took me years to understand. They weren't really my <laughs> uncles and aunts. And one of them, and there was Aunt Ethel, and there was Uncle Jules. Now, I, you know, and life was just coming over, playing cards, hanging out, Billy Holiday, you know, getting drunk, a lot of wine, a lot of whiskey, smoking pot in those days was really You big had a deal. lit life as a seven-year-old. I did. <laughs> and, uh, and we loved it. We loved it because they loved us, you know, and there was, they, you know, it was just great. I mean, it was almost like this extended family. And then uh, around 1952, 53, everything changed. The first thing that happened was Ethel, uh, Jules was called down for questioning, and at that point, everybody mobilized. If you could look at the things that are happening today where something happens, so everybody mobilizes, you know, there's a resistance to it. Um, they got lawyers, and don't worry, he's no one could believe they were going to really keep him. Then uh, they took Ethel, uh, Ethel went down for questioning, and, um, and then they never came back, basically, and that changed my parents' lives. And so my life in the 50s... Do you remember when they died? Oh, of course, because none of the funeral homes would take their bodies. What? What is this madness? Because, because they were treasonous or because treasonous. something it wasn't a Jewish thing? No. And if you could ever find a documentary made by the granddaughter of... Um, I think it's the granddaughter of uh, one of the boys. I'm not sure if it was Michael or Robert, but... The granddaughter did a documentary, and when she tried to find the, the, the gravestones, it was all the way on this other part of the cemetery. And the, you know, everybody gave names. That was the idea. It was, you know, what? Well, I, this here's is the Ilya Kazans, yes. the people that would name names right, in front of Huac. Exactly. But they refused. And but they were but they could they lost their jobs refusing. I mean things went down. My father was blacklisted from the printing industry for years and years. And this years. was over being communists. This was, was the, the whole aura was called the McCarthy period. Right. And during that period, kind of like the Trump period. If you know how he's, uh, you know how he slams the media or he slams this or he slams that. Well, McCarthy had a big voice, and they were, and, and that's what's so frightening about what's happening now, because you say something often enough, and the lie becomes real. So these people who were homosexuals, interracial marriages were targeted. So if you uh, were a, a gay, and you were, let's say, uh, on a protest march about a union, you could be called before the House of Un-Americans Committee. So, but what the threat was what? Because as far as I know, like today, if you call yourself a communist, um, it just means that you like believe hypothetically that the communist system is superior to you other systems against, of government. If you considered yourself a communist, you were against the United States of America. And actively doing what though? Like and what well, you were participating nobody, in? Well, because you were, you know, I mean, that's what's so crazy. I mean, it was a movement, a leftist movement, because mostly they were union workers. A lot of this, if you look up the history of it a lot of these activists were union organizers you know from uh, you know and blue collar workers who were organizing themselves into unions um were your parents union people yeah. is that how they yeah. was that their access point yeah. to communism exactly. so exactly. people were afraid that they'd but, be but it was before that they even as young kids they were leftists like you know they believed in um free free speech because they didn't think we really had free speech you know all the things that they we were see. totally right. Were they yeah. like the pacifists during World War II? Yes. Okay, so they were they were that end of things. Yes. Yeah. I mean, my father was in the Merchant Marine also. I mean, there was a lot. You know, he did. When he believed in something, he went all the way with it. When he stopped believing it, he stopped. When he, mm -hmm. for instance, they were both part of the Communist Party. But now you have to understand, I could never have said this twenty years ago. I could have said it, but emotionally probably couldn't have said it. Mm. it Why? Took me, because for so long I had to keep that a secret. I grew up with that as a secret. It wasn't something... That your parents were members of the Communist Party? Yeah. Is there still a Communist Party? Yeah. Oh, sure. I'm sure yeah, there, there is. is. There's sure an American is. Communist yeah. Party. That's what I mean. Yeah, and that's what they were. I mean, there's so many wonderful memories. I mean, I, you know, things I didn't even realize... I, I could go on and on with this, but there was a wonderful man, Willard Uphouse. He had, um, uh, and it still exists today, World Fellowship. 
um, in New Hampshire, in the White Mountains. And basically, uh, it was a refuge for people like my parents, uh, for uh, black couples, because you couldn't really, black and white couples, interracial couples, to go and, and speak and enjoy themselves in the White Mountains um, without punitive damages. I mean, this is blowing my mind. Like, I knew just... Like, this was, like, this is my, like, acquaintance of history, right? Like, a person that I don't know well, but just, like, kind of know in passing. Like, I knew that the McCarthy thing had happened. I understood, like, all this rings a bell, but I can't Wrap your believe mind around it. it. I well, can't Trump believe is now it. calling but it, it, yeah. himself the victim of McCarthyism, which is what's really interesting. Well, I hope the guy is, well, you know, I mean. You know what, it's illegal to wish him dead on publicly. Just no, so I'm you know. not. Okay. I'm not. No, I hope he's impeached. <laughs> I mean, you can. I'm, I'm wishing him impeached, and then you have Pence, so I don't know how good that is. But it, to see the signals and to see the signs, do you know that? Uh, we used to go into Prospect Park at night and burn books because there were some books that if they if uh, the FBI did come to your house and they looked at your bookshelves and you had certain books, what? you would be called down before the House of Un-Americans. Gee, Even the House of Un-Americans. Think of the name, the House of Un-Americans. So as a little girl. But that's so, that's so, uh, that's, that's so, what's the word when something like Catcher in a Rye. Take a look, Google it. What books were considered, you know, but what could be more American than dissenting opinions and free speech? Like, what could be more American than that? Well, look what we're dealing with right now. That's literally exactly what they're fighting. <laughs> and that's, like, exactly what look the Trump exactly. administration is Right. Sure, but the Trump administration's the Trump administration and their spokespeople. They're not the House of Un-American Activities. That's what's blowing my mind. Although the House they're of making this... can't the get over of, it. But the House that of Un-Americans... Yes, the House of Un-Americans Activities was created from just this kind of fear tactic. Making people afraid. Did your parents ever have to testify? Yes. At, my mother they did. did. No shit. Yes, I have a whole story about waiting for her to come back. I don't remember waiting for her to come back, but I put that in the story. But yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, she, what did she have to Did she name it. names? No. She just said, I plead the fifth. I put, you understand, Miss Sable? They called her by her maiden name, which is another whole weird thing that if you keep pleading the fifth, blah, blah, blah. I have the booklet, you know, uh, the whole transcript of it. And she said, I do understand. I plead the fifth. And what was the on. penalty for pleading the fifth? They gave her some cockamamie bullshit thing, okay. like, you know, that she knew better. I mean, don't forget, they organized. So oh, they she was bullies. part of a whole resistance that, you know. Do you see any, are you, in this moment that we're in right now, are you feeling a similar energy? I mean, you were very young. I was a baby. Is there anything a, reminiscent about the moment that we're in. What are the parallels that you see yeah, to now? Yeah, thank you. I can't think. The parallels that, that I see now it, are, are, is the division, you know, the division of the between country. those people, let's say Trump supporters, who consider themselves uh, patriotic and those that uh, are part of what we're going to call a resistance that consider themselves patriotic. What happens is when one voice becomes so strong and and they're so misguided and so lacking in education and and I don't mean education in 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 terms of school I right. mean in terms of what's really they've bought into this whole thing um it's this it's it's a witch hunt that's what they called it then the witch hunt yeah but, and but, actually, who's being, but what's the witch hunt who's being hunted now is my question what's it what's it not okay <laughs> to be today that's similar how it wasn't okay Muslim. to be a communist yeah I think. Absolutely. Right? Is it? People of color. I think it's going to start. All people a, of color? No, not all. But if you come from a certain country, if you speak in a certain way. I was called a dirty Jew getting on the bus the other day because I was wearing a long coat and I was mistaken for You? Us. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it happens. That must mean it looks like you have good hair. They thought you were wearing I know, mazel tov. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, I mean. Wow. I think w w what because everything has changed so much, you know, you have, you know, gay rights, you've gotten all these freedoms, women are in a different place that you can't even imagine anything like that could possibly ever happen. Well, you know, but, it's interesting because uh, yeah. we haven't had to deal with that to kind of circle back to where we started talking about the Jamie Kilstein thing, because we haven't had to we haven't been under this type of threat as a population. 
we've sort of subdivided and specialized our outrage. Like, I'm going to be outraged about this. I'm, right. And we all stay in these circles just screaming at one another. Feminists in this circle, like radical queers mm-hmm. in this circle, Jews, Zionist Jews in this circle, BDS exactly. Jews in this circle. Like, we're all just screaming at one another, saying nothing. But now we're actually all under threat. So things like this Jamie Kilstein thing, that's why I'm interested to know what you think about, like, the Believe Her movement. Because after everything that you've seen and the life that you've lived, okay. is this productive? Okay, where we're at with with I have to be stuff. honest with you. Yeah, I'm not really sure where I'm at, and I'll, I'm mm-hmm. going to give you a quick story about that. Um, so we have a storyteller who uh, uh, has been accused the way this guy that you're talking about has been accused, mm-hmm. um, and another good friend of mine who's in that world. This is in like the moth circuit in New York. Yeah, like not the crew. moth necessarily, but all these venues, like City Story. It was a venue and apparently all these stories came out about the women that he was in touch with and, you know, all of that. And um, a friend of mine was like, and I said, well, what proof do they have? What proof do they have? And a friend of mine said, we don't need proof. We, it's 10, 20 women said the same thing. We're going to believe it. I had a mixed feeling about that because right. um, and I just... I've I've watched men really be destroyed, um, not you know, uh, over um, a woman's lying testimony, and you know so. I just think you do. I'm not just a believer, mm-hmm. you know. I'm not, and I think sometimes it feeds on each other. Not that I, I well, mean, you know what, Jean? Like saying, but I completely am on board with that. And that's such a perfect way to say it. Because saying believe her as a blanket statement without treating women as individuals that they are is number one patronizing. I think towards women because women have the same motivations, good and bad, that everybody else does. That men do, right? Women yeah. are capable of lying, same as men. I'm not saying the majority of accusations are lies, but they can be because women are human beings, right? right? And it also gives women this like disproportionate amount of power so if you know as a woman that everybody's going on about believe her and you can say what you want if you're not inclined to do a thing like that great right and if something happens to you thank god you'll be like listened to by by people but if you're someone who's inclined to lie or to be vindictive or petty or whatever or vengeful then now you have like a great deal of power and power is always ripe for abuse yeah i mean i see with children too I mean, do we believe, you know, I, I mean, this is a very, very sensitive topic for me because um, having been in, an administrator, having worked with children, and I've worked with children in uh, really hardworking neighborhoods where, you know, they're coming from difficult homes. Um, and do we believe every child who accuses a teacher who may just be very, like in that moment, mm-hmm. put their arm around the child. I mean, we, Marcel, my husband, as an educator, uh, he's a very loving, nurturing man and taught elementary school. And uh, when all sorts of accusations were being made from children towards teachers, he was said, you are never, ever, ever to touch a child in the school. Ever. Really? For your own safety. Sad. Ever. Don't hold a hand. Don't, you know. So all the little movements you might make, done because you don't want to be in that position. Um, Is that hard? Because you strike me as somebody who has like an intensely maternal impulse and just energy about you. Was that hard for you to compartmentalize those two parts of your life? Oh, absolutely. What did that do to you? Being an educator that had to establish those boundaries and then also going home and then being a mom to how many children? Two you have? Two. Two. Well, um, although they're two 13 years apart, so I would really just go home to one. Amy had already grown up and gone. But... um, um, it was very hard, um, and it, it set me it set me apart from the kids in ways that I had never been apart from them before ever. But teaching stopped being fun when the accountability—that's what mm. Betty DeVoe. We could go on and on and on and on about that. But I left. I left because I got in trouble. I left. Over what? I made a political era. Um, What'd you do? I did a You're bad such a little shit starter. <laughs> I did a really bad thing, and I didn't realize it was... Well, okay, What so, had you done? All right, so... Um, I, I'm not going to give the name of the school. This was a school in East Flatbush. And the school had a main building, and then it had what we called the Early Childhood Center. I was the supervisor in the Early Childhood Center. That was pre-K, K, grades one. At this point... All these accountabilities were coming in. They wanted little four-year-olds to write memoirs. 
four-year-olds do like, Perfect. Blah, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah, they're like, idiots, all Please, them. please, you know. Um, <laughs> memoirs. <laughs> memoirs. Yeah. You know, like, hi, Jasmine, what'd you do? <laughs> you know, like, Ate a cookie. Yeah, please. So, uh, so I was beginning to get my, you know, I, I, I and the teachers are going crazy trying to get this very adult work from these. And they had to know. They had to know where they. They had to know their levels. Like I'm reading on a level four. Do you know why, Jasmine? You're reading on a level four because I can make good text to text. You know, it became an, it became insane. So it's just teaching nonsense to children. Well, it was teaching these very. They, it was teaching concepts they would know in my mind. Right. Early childhood was just not ready for, and. Um, and uh, play, learning through doing, was just kind of being thrown out the window. I am going to be sent to hell after this. No, interview. no, no, this uh, is great. The podcast is called Unhirable, so you're perfect. Yeah. You're literally never going to be a principal again. Continue. <laughs> right. So <laughs> you may not be allowed near children, but whatever, it's so, worth it. <laughs> during this, during these times, data was being kept on these kids, and we were forming all these organizations with, uh, like, higher up, you know, college doctorate people who are coming into the schools because they were going to make these, you know, kids be equal to any middle class. You know class. who sucks? College doctorate people. Yeah. Well, that's, who, <laughs> that's what this was about. Okay. So I walked to a meeting. I'm going to a meeting. And uh, my principal, my supervisor person said, uh, Jean, you know, when you go to the meeting, I said, yes, you know, because she always told me, keep my mouth shut, talk, whatever. I said, do you want me to be a listener? Do you, what do you want from me? She said, no. Go. I think you're going to like Dr. Cash. She said, do you? you? Know, <laughs> go. Go. So I said, oh, okay. So off I go. And this woman says to me, how many of your children in grade one go into grade two reading above grade level? <laughs> We're talking about five years, five-year-olds. So I thought about that. And I said, uh, I said, maybe 20%. And she said, 20% of all your little, you know, you know, she got really like agitated. I said, well, because, yeah, <laughs> you know, some kids come in reading and those kids, but no, mostly our kids really begin reading at the end of second grade, beginning third grade. I could then, you know, well, this one, you know, my principal went nuts that I said this because it made the school, she, she felt I betrayed her and it made, I, I was just giving accurate percentages. Oh, the truth and, betrayed her. Uh, you know? Okay, you and didn't play the little politics game of school. Yeah, and so after that, everything I did, you know, of would course. be like, oh, they just love you. Your staff just loves you. Well, that's the kiss of death. You know, she was just like all over me. Every memo I sent out. Every, and I found myself having a lot of sidebars with teachers. Like, like uh, they would be asked to do certain things, mm -hmm. and I would be like, I don't agree with this either, but you really do have to do, you know. And when I was doing that a lot, I realized it was time to go. I mm. just didn't believe in what was going on in early childhood. I didn't like what I was seeing. Um, it hasn't really much changed from giving a spelling test on every Friday, you know? So it's I like used to <laughs> love my spelling tests every Friday. I was such a good little speller. But you see? Yeah. That's interesting because it's a disdain for the truth. And... I think that that trickles down because one Has thing... Has anything changed, though? Like, I see disdain for the truth constantly from everyone, even truth-loving people. Well, it comes mm -hmm. even into, the, like, the the instruction in the classroom. You're, we're, we're, not we're, not, we're not giving children truth to take into the world. Like, for, it, it trickles down. It but also, like, how, how much truth is appropriate for kids? Do you know what I'm saying? Because well, do we celebrate Columbus Day, for instance? And we'll talk about this on the People's History episode. But one thing that this book says is, like, from the start, we don't give kids the truth about what this country is. But that's changing. Yeah, in, I, you're in, right. In Admittedly, your childhood I don't and know. in my no. childhood, that was a little bit different. And I saw even like when I was a little kid, we were still learning that Columbus was a hero. And even as I got older, like not that much older, I was still like pretty young. We it was totally in our awareness that that wasn't the real case. And but then it's still by the time holiday, I was a teenager, it? it's still a holiday, and they still yeah. But can't them. you separate the holiday of um like this like this place having been discovered by? Europeans, right? Which is what led to the existence of but this country. But it's named after that guy, and that guy literally said, oh, we can make a lot of money off these people by selling them. Yeah, like, he was a bad dude. Yeah, and, and they don't really... He also he was didn't a bad discover dude it. in a, in he a also world didn't of discover bad dudes. There was a guy on the Santa time? Maria named Rodrigo who saw the mainland first, and there was a pension guaranteed to whoever saw land first of 10,000 whatever pounds, I guess, a year for life. He said, oh, I saw land first. And then Columbus said, no, you didn't. I saw it last night. <laughs> 
and he collected the pension. The but guy you know was what? a bad dude. You know what? Life's yeah. a bitch. And here's the thing. <laughs> you know what? Keep Columbus, Columbus Day. Day. Teach kids that life sucks. Right, Jean? High five. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't agree with you. She just gave you the high five because you put your hand in her face. <laughs> well, I think life is hard. I do. I, I think. But, but you life know, is I, hard. Life's not fair. Life's a freaking bitch. That's but, what you have to tell children. But but I think that that, okay. that I wish I'd been told. I'm discovering it now. It, I'm like, where's all my privileges? I was promised. <laughs> and they don't happen, right? They just don't. You have a well, podcast. You know what? Here's a, you know what? They do kind of happen. But here's the thing: like, your at your what privilege means has to be adjusted. Like, I didn't understand how good we had it as a baseline. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, I did not understand that when I wake up in the morning, and I get to do what I want to do, including have a job and be white and do this freaking podcast. That's like the shit and the funnest thing ever. That is not only privilege, but like massive amounts. And that if you had and you want to walk around with your girlfriend you can hold her hand and walk down the block and she's that, got a little that, bit of a chip on her shoulder but yeah I, <laughs> I could point I taken could. <laughs> I, mean, I think the thing that blows my sister's mind is that have you ever heard the music of Alex Dopkin no I've okay, never heard that. Look ever. that up. every woman can be a lesbian I'm <laughs> buying it immediately can I high five <laughs> Shelby we have a new theme song and, you know you have to and, and, and it's, it's about wonderful. you Shelby it's was about a, those lips he's not even listening she's asleep our, our producer's asleep we'll she talk a, about it later she on was the, the first episode. lesbian folk singer to actually come out with lesbian songs I don't know? identify she as must as hate Ani DeFranco I don't even identify Bi, I just identify as uh, kind of straight. Yeah, well, whatever it is. I don't feel gay. I've never felt. I've never felt less gay in my life. Even fooling around with a girl, I was just like, I just like don't feel gay about this. I had, you know, what it was. I had the same and like that. I've never experienced this towards a woman except this one person. But like, it was the same feeling of wanting to hook up without like a a hang up or a reservation of like it's a girl, whatever that it would have for men, but just with this one person. And every other girl in the world, like "Mm, I can't get over the vagina thing. Like you're delightful and beautiful but I just like can't do it do right, you know what right, I mean right. yeah. this one no yeah. so it makes me feel not gay does that make sense I'm, I'm not overcoming you sound like a, a gay guy who is afraid to rim somebody <laughs> and then you did it and you're like but just this one time and six months later you're gonna honestly, be on Grinder rimming queen <laughs> that's your headline <laughs> honestly. honestly if you could do that one vagina you could probably do another one but I'm just saying one vagina like, too fascinating you know, but it, it's it's like on the podcast you just haven't made that emotional sexual connection with another woman we should be teaching this to children. <laughs> I don't know about that. Could we get one this vagina, two piped vagina, into red every vagina, classroom blue vagina. in New York City? Here's, okay, this episode. Here's the, oh, okay, so if I were to say like a big difference, well, my sister kept it a secret that she was gay. She knew she was gay. She whispered it to me. At that point, I had hardly any idea. What was your reaction? To, we used to dance together, uh, you know, at night. And one night she's dancing with me and she says, you know, I don't really feel like kissing you. And I don't? Or? I don't. She didn't know why she didn't sister. feel like kissing me. Yeah. She felt like... Oh. So oh, I said, well, oh, I'm your sister, yuck, you know. And right, then right, right. I got an idea. This is the weirdest thing she ever said to me. We were really close. And then she went away to work one summer at World Fellowship. Oh, it turned her place. fully gay. My mother gave her a book as she was going on the bus called The Well of Loneliness. The saddest, most horrible book. Is that book. what your mother called her vagina? <laughs> <laughs> well... Yes, probably. But <laughs> this book, and by God, what's the author of this book? Very old, old-fashioned English. But it was a tragic book of what happens to lesbians. It was The Well of Long. It was. Uh, have you not heard of Oh, the that Bible? is the most Jewish thing I have ever heard of a mother doing to her <laughs> lesbian that, daughter. Think about that. Wow. She knew. So she Your did, mom knew that her daughter had been gay. bitten by a lesbian and turned lesbian. Yes. But <laughs> she didn't verbalize it with her instead gave right. her the she saddest, took garlic on her she just gave her <laughs> the saddest saddest <laughs> i'm gonna get the name soon um book in the world to read and when mary read that book she had eight hours to cry all the way up to her fellowship going a very oh, lesbian mary. response i am one it's of, a human response i'm one, dick i'm one of them you know i'm lesbian but there was no one where who was she going to talk to about this yeah it was the loneliest thing in the world how was she how well outwardly was she like a little butch or yeah was she yeah she was yeah. tomboy mm-hmm. and wait she's around you, your sister's yeah. still around mary's in atlanta lives in atlanta with a partner 
Oh, yes, I guess so. Well, Harriet, off Ooh. and on, off and on. Harriet, I hope you're not listening. Do you want us to bleep it? We'll bleep. Okay, but we she, can bleep. Went off, she went off with Alex Dobkin to form an all-woman's commune in the uh, late 60s so with her lover called Smokey, <laughs> and men were not allowed on that land. That my, meant my father, that meant my brother. But who so, did all the work? What the women? Lesbians. The women. The women did. Just kidding. I know. They had a Home Depot on the property. Obviously. I'm a bit of a lipstick gay, if you will. I like a hottie. Me too. Continue. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, uh, why am I saying all this stuff? So, she cannot wrap her mind around the idea. Mary can't. Yeah. That gay people today want to get married. Oh, I'm with her. Oh, I would happily marry a woman. I would happily marry a woman and then fuck men. Very Christian name. Same, same thought. We all have weird. Well, because my mother fell in love with the nun at the hospital where she was. Your mother was a lesbian. That's (laughs) why she had a lonely vagina. The loneliest well in the world, or whatever that book is. She just wanted your sister to be as traumatized as she was. The saddest, emptiest well. (laughs) So sad. And she named her Mary Ellen. Oh, that's like she's Irish. She wanted an Irish daughter. Oh my God. Is your brother's name Patrick? No, Jonathan. Oh, okay, well, was Jonathan. he one of the Well, my, uh, the, my, the people, my dad and writers? uncle are called Peter and Paul. That was like what people did. Like you right. just named yeah, your John kid like a, a You named your kid like a like a Christian name so that they could like be cool at school or whatever. Oh, that's interesting. I don't think they They did. had a Christmas tree. They, they like random, ate scrapple. I think pretty random. My things. I know that my dad's parents did it purposefully to yeah. us cuz he grew up in Southampton, which is yeah. like ritzy if you've got money and go there in the summer, but sucks dick if you live there year round. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Because right. it's like you a know small, what? Sucking like dick isn't necessarily a bad thing. But this is a good note for us to end. Ooh, what's a good thing to say? Okay, right? Yeah. What's a good thing to <laughs> I'll say? I'll work on it. <laughs> Think about it. Now I'm confused. You know Don't what? dick shame me. You know I can't answer that question right now. <laughs> In your lesbian moment. I don't even know what's good to say. I anymore. hate penises. In conclusion, Jamie Kilstein, if you want to come on this podcast and cut your dick off to atone for being a bad guy. No, I'm not going to call him a bad guy. Or whatever you are. I'm not going to call him a guy. I'm going to call him a hypocrite. He's been, his whole career has been building toward cutting He's his dick off in public. So that's do it on our show. Sure, but no is he a bad guy? That's him. not. But here, you know what? Here's Fair. the thing. Here's the thing. Now, I believe. I know. A bad guy I would be- write. But here's the thing. Some of the songs. I believe. <laughs> bad guy would have written better songs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I believe these individual women or whatever, like, I have a. I'm I lean towards believe her right like I believe towards I lean towards believing people period yeah but I still think it's like I think that there's a distinction between believing people who had an unpleasant experience and like a sexually asymmetrical experience with this person and calling him a bad guy like, so I'm far not that's what I believe because that's He's all we've hypocrite. heard about this guy is and, that he had weird and behavior. by the way being a hypocrite and a liar is disgusting does it make you a bad person no Maybe. we all are no we all Maybe. are we're all hypocrites or liars to a degree it's a matter of degree it's that. not either or it's is a spectrum it's like you're not it's like gay or straight it's a spectrum right you're you're a liar and so am I it's Man, just a matter of degree pretty gay or and it's a matter of yeah but I'm not just talking about sex stuff I'm talking about like anything <laughs> being disingenuous about anything yeah. everybody's a freaking hypocrite this is especially My egregious because being he a was liar a dick. and hypocrite is it's as long as it doesn't uh, affect somebody else if mm. you're a liar and a hypocrite and you're the only one to yourself with it, right and you know you're a liar and a hypocrite it's when my lying and hypocriticalness affects you or you but also it was but it's also okay but who's this affecting I'm not saying sexual misconduct doesn't affect anything i'm saying this particular hypocrisy of his when he was like you guys just be cool to women why are you guys such fucking dicks to women Uh, let's sing more about women like and then that's your outward facing persona right and then privately you're like hitting up these interns for some like snatch on the side to use uh ingrid's Um, term or whatever (laughs) to to get some (laughs) pussy snatch on the on the side um that is hypocritical it's gross it's disingenuous but the hypocrisy, not the not the sexual whatever, not manipulation or whatever, but just the hypocrisy part of it. Who's that hurting? Right. Okay. okay. On that note, let's jump into the last segment. Rapid fired. Okay. So in this segment, Gene, we're just going to ask you a bunch of questions really quickly, and okay. you can just answer okay. them. Okay. Totally okay. loose. Okay. So I'm going to start 
So a signature of the show is that we play Fuck, Mary Kill. Everyone loves it. Do you it. know how to play this game? No. I'm going <gasps> to name three things, specifically people right now. Are we popping your ma- mar- Fuck, Mary Kill cherry right we now? We are. Yes. I we think are? That that's what's yeah. happening. Wow. Yeah. This but in like a consensual <laughs> woman's movement-y way. It's the funnest. Very yeah. It's okay. a really hard game to explain. I want to be clear <laughs> because you're kind of a lesbian. You're bisexual. Yes. And you're kind of a lesbian. Another person Bisexual. that I think... Bisexual, when did I become a lesbian? Another woman who's kind of a lesbian to me is Ann Coulter. And I tried to play this exact game. I feel like game. she's pretty straight. I know she is, but she has a butch energy. So I tried to play this exact game with Ann Coulter and she refused <laughs> until I gave her men. Okay, so, so I'm going to oh, give you the three so women. Oh, she's so gay. I know, oh, that's why I was like, mom. oh, so you're oh, obviously... Let's do it. She's she, your mom. Okay. <laughs> okay. Rosie will. O'Donnell. Ellen DeGeneres. Oh, come on. Oh my God, who is the third famous lesbian? Melissa Etheridge. Yes. Okay, Aww. you have to fuck, marry, and kill one of them. Those are not my you lesbians. You have to kill someone? Yeah, it's the game. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Rosie's already dead on the inside, if that helps. She's very oh funny, though. Oh, my God, I can't Is she kill on Twitter? I guess it would be, right I guess, I guess I... Uh, I fuck one of them or two of them. One. Oh, well, hey, listen. Wait, wait. No, no, well, technically two, right? Okay. Because you fuck I one and you marry one. I love Ellen. So you're marrying her. I'm going to marry her. Okay. okay. I'll fuck the other one. Etheridge? Uh, yeah. Okay. And I guess Rosie gets killed. Do you want to elaborate? You Do don't you have, have to. physical no, type? I, no, I just said how to pick one. <laughs> Is it it's not because she's fat, right? No. No, okay. I'm yeah. fat. I wouldn't oh, do that. Oh, get out of town. Did you just call yourself fat? Karen, your turn. Get out of here. Okay. Okay, first of all, these are not my lesbians i just want to say like that's not i like straight girls but (laughs) um okay Ugh, why are you making me do this all right i'm mary ellen okay um i really liked her like earlier stand-up i just think ellen's very funny okay rapid fire rapid fire okay um i would oh you're killing it don't make me do it i'm not i'm my you know what i'm just like my pussy just raisined up at this question kill Uh, kill kill one fuck Melissa Etheridge, I guess. And then you're killing Rosie. I have to. Poor Rosie. I am marrying Rosie. I have loved her my entire life. I have Rosie O'Donnell original art hanging on my wall. No, no, I'm switching. I'm switching. I'm switching. I'm killing Etheridge. You know why I hate music? Okay, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going (laughs) to kill Etheridge and I'm going to marry Rosie. Because I really, I just want to hang out with Rosie. I really want to hang out with Rosie. I'm killing Ellen DeGeneres so quickly. I didn't even have to think about it. There's something so false about her to me. It just rings, but I agree. Like agree. here and now, I hear, I hear you. I hear but you. But have I you ever seen you? here and okay. now? Her stand-up special is amazing. Okay, so and then so I'm yeah. So then I'm I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck Melissa Etheridge because she's a rock and roll star. She's probably gonna bring tons of drugs. We're gonna get really fucked up, and then we'll just have some good sex that neither of us will remember. <laughs> It's fine. You're not going to enjoy it. Neither is she. But that's the point of doing it with the rock star because I'll be too <laughs> fucked up to remember it. Oh God! All right, ready. So now, Jean, yeah. <laughs> rapid fired. Are things better for women today than when you were a kid? Absolutely. Okay. Are they going to stay this way? Or are we all going to die? They're going to just keep evolving. Everything keeps changing and moving. Do you think Trump's the end times? Or do you think that we'll get past this? I think we'll get past this. Yeah? You think it's, do you think it's bad, bad? Or do you think it's not as bad as people are saying? I think it's bad, 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 bad. Okay. So this is going to suck. Karen, go. Okay. Four years from now, uh, where do you think the country's going to be? What's going to happen? Four years from now, my my hope, my prayer. Four years from now, I'm hoping that right now there's a mobilization to get somebody to run against Trump. Um, who uh, could actually win, and um, and Trump will be gone. So Hillary, twenty twenty. Yeah. <laughs> who do you think or, it could be? I don't know. I think there's a lot of new young people coming in. That's yeah. my hope. I think it's going to be somebody we don't know. I you don't think, think it's Elizabeth Warren? I'm not Elizabeth Warren. No, I don't. Mm. I don't. But it could be. I wouldn't. You know. I just think it's going to be somebody new, and somebody fresh, and maybe. <sighs> We're available, Karen and I, yeah. uh, to run for president. I'll be definitely old enough. So. I was just asked on a different podcast. You will podcast. too, actually. If I, um, uh, not for another quite a several years. Yeah, but four years. Four. <laughs> yeah. And I hope No, in four years I still else, won't. Right? No, I won't. God damn it. 30. Oh, shit. I thought you were 31. No, I'm not. You damn. piece of shit. I am. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. I'll be president. Fine, I'll do it. <laughs> uh, I think I'd make a great president. Would you make a great president? No. Why? I just wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't make. I wouldn't. First of all, to to want that position. I know you have to you, be you a real. You can't even lie to, to the, 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 the education you have to be standards so person. Accountable and that kind. And of you have to be garbage. Who wants yeah. that kind of power yeah. except someone who doesn't deserve it? Yeah. I mean, I just I would never want to be in that position ever, and I would be terrible. In conclusion, in honor of National Women's whatever this is, 
I hope we take our lead from Azerbaijan. Can I ask another Trump rapid fire question? Do you miss Vice fucking President women? Melania. Um, that's funny that you said that. I think. Do you that miss I'm... Snatch? Sometimes, <laughs> yeah, actually. Like, yeah. Ap- yeah, sure. Sure. How do you reconcile that with, like, just, like, living your straight married life? Because I'm madly in love with this man. That's so sweet. Every day, I'm madly in love with him. Do you just stay in love for, like, all that time? You work at it. Cool. I saw you guys. We've got people in the corner. I, I know, and they had a nice in. married moment she together about that. She said it was that. work, and he squeezed her. He's <laughs> 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 working. He got and he goes, you work, it work, sweetheart. Cool. Well, thank you for coming on this podcast. Jean, I hope it was fun for you, Jean. You're so good. Why are you so good oh, on podcast? Really? Yes. Yeah, I hope, yes. So. Yeah, I hope you great. don't play this back and go. <laughs> <laughs> no, we would never do that to your face, just privately. Oh, are you? I can't wait to. Oh, yeah, you are really great. <laughs> no, we're just delete the... No, no, no. No, this is great. This was so fun. So Jean and her lonely vagina. What a crock of shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like saying this. It's like if you ask Marcel, if you said, do you miss other pussy? If you said that to him. You know what I mean? We all... So what I mean, would Marcel's answer be? Probably yes. Also, why don't you guys open it up a little bit? Like, why can't you get along the side? That does and not get, work. Really? It does not you work. You both get jealous? That's do my suspicion. That. That's my it. suspicion. It does not work. Uh, every gay it, person you know does what? it, though. You know it's what? so annoying. It doesn't, it doesn't work. work. It doesn't fucking work. Somebody okay, gets upset. Okay, I'm going to make that a change. It did not work for us. It doesn't okay. work okay. so much I'm not going to make either. a general statement like that. It just did not work for us. All right. Well, thank you for coming okay. on. How can people find you? Are you on the social medias? I'm, I, I, I'm so bad at this. Just Google Jean LeBeck and you'll see me. L-E-B-E-C. I'm, I'm working on that. Now. Jean's <laughs> leaving. She's gonna, Jean, Jean forgot that we're recording. She's away from the mic. <laughs> She's getting up and leaving. I have to do, I Jean, have to do something like that. Like That's the most badass thing anybody's ever done on this podcast. Leave while we were still <laughs> Shelby does it nine times a week. Shelby uh, just checks out during the entire thing. Emotionally, but dissociation <laughs> is different from I physically. Know, thank you. This was so much fun. Thank oh you for my coming God, we love you. Was, what a delight really, you are. All right. This was really fun. And Good. you can find our uh, bonus episode on Patreon. Karen, have you set that up? Yes. Yeah, by now you have. All right, so find it on Patreon. You can find us at Unhirable Show on the social media. Rate and review on iTunes. Uh, I'm not on the gay apps anymore, so uh, you can send me your dick pics what? on Twitter. My DMs it? are open. No, but I gave up sex for Lent. But I don't want to make a really? thing about it because I don't like attention. Wow. Yeah. Okay, not, Okay. <laughs> wow. You love attention so much. We're going to get into this on the bonus episode. Cool. So you guys can bonus it the fuck up if you want. And if not, we'll see you guys next week. Patreon. It's in the name. Pay. Hey.